Welcome to the BecomeNew.me podcast with John Ortberg. Passage to Wisdom, Episode 23, Prayer Busters. So let's talk about prayer today. I don't know about you. I know for me it's just literally true I have never needed God more. I have never gotten more confused and needed guidance or had deeper regrets and needed grace or gotten so angry and needed forgiveness or gotten so anxious and needed more hope. And of course, all this comes, the primary way that we experience and interact with God is actually through prayer in our minds as we speak to Him. But I have so many questions about prayer that are still unknown to me after all of these years. I find it very encouraging. Thomas Merton wrote once that when it comes to prayer, all of us are beginners and we will only be beginners for our whole life long. So if if you've ever felt guilty because you don't pray enough or had your mind wander when you're praying and found that to be kind of humiliating, start praying and then all of a sudden you're thinking about somebody that you're mad at or bills you got to pay. If you've ever felt like you ought to pray better or pray more, then welcome to Passage to Wisdom. We're looking at letters written by an older tempter, uh, Uncle Screwtape, to his young nephew Wormwood about how to keep his patient, a human being like you and me, away from God. And here's what he says about prayer. I'll, I'll, I'll put this teaching under a few categories. The first one is, if you want to pray, let go of your need to be heroic. Heroism is just generally not helpful in the life of prayer or spiritual life in general. Here's what old Uncle Screwtape wrote. The best thing where it is possible is to keep the patient from the serious intention of praying altogether. When the patient is an adult recently reconverted to the enemy's party, like your man, This is best done by encouraging him to remember, or to think he remembers, the parrot-like nature of the prayers in his childhood. In reaction against that, he may be persuaded to aim at something entirely spontaneous, inward, informal, unregularized. I used to think that was the only way to prayer, actually, often to pray prayers that other people have been written, or to pray the Psalms is enormously helpful to me in this season. Screwtape goes on, what this will actually mean to a beginner will be an effort to produce in himself a vaguely devotional mood in which real concentration of will and intelligence have no part. So we'll be tempted to try to evoke a mood but not to use our will or our thinking. Actually, prayer works best when we try to focus our will and our intention and don't worry about our moods. At the same time, Screwtape writes, people can be persuaded that the bodily position makes no difference to their prayers, for they constantly forget what you must always remember, that they are animals, and whatever their bodies do affects their souls. It's funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. So remember, your body makes a difference. We've talked before how it's really hard to skip and remain depressed. And at the same time, in prayer, often it's helpful to kneel because when we kneel, there's something humbling about that posture. Or if you want to express gratitude or joy, even if you're not feeling it, just to raise the hands like this to elevate our bodies somehow elevates our spirits. Don't forget to use your body in prayer. 
And then there's another aspect of life to let go of. Let go of the need to feel something when you pray. Let go of the tendency to evaluate your prayer by what you feel. Lewis writes, uh, whenever people are attending to the enemy himself, we are defeated. There is something powerful that happens spiritually when we just attend to God. But there are ways of preventing them from doing so. The simplest is to turn their gaze away from God towards themselves. Keep them watching their own minds and trying to produce feelings there by the action of their own wills. When they mean to ask him for love, let them instead start trying to manufacture loving feelings for themselves and not notice this is what they're doing. When they meant to pray for courage, let them really be trying to feel brave. When they say they are praying for forgiveness, let them be trying to feel forgiven. Teach them to estimate the value of each prayer by their success in producing the desired feeling. And never let them suspect how much success or failure of that kind depends on whether they are well or ill, fresh or tired at the moment. Prayer is not about the manufacturing of emotion, but how often over the years have I evaluated worship, how did worship go, or a church service, or prayer, how to go, by what did I or other people feel in the moment? How did it go? We don't know how it went. You don't know how that prayer went. Only God knows. Only God knows uh, what good it will do or will not do. It's interesting. There was a book by a couple of sociologists recently about megachurches, and the title was Getting High on God, because they talk about how we flock to church so often to have an emotional experience of God, and we judge church services based on how well they're able to produce that. Just let go of that. Emotion is not an adequate way to form the will over the long haul. Uh, when I get together with friends, as I've done recently, it's a bad idea when I'm with them to try to put pressure to have some particular kind of experience. We've got to have a deep talk, got to feel deep emotion, got to have real deep laughter. What's best is just to come and be real with them and allow what we experience together to experience uh, together as a gift. Number three, let go of both the need to be heroic, let go of the need to feel something, and then thirdly, let go of unhelpful images of God. All of our minds are filled with images of God. All of them are inadequate. Uncle Screwtape says, whatever the nature of that person's image of God, you must keep him praying to it, that thing he's made, not the person who has made him. For if he ever comes to make the distinction, if he ever consciously directs his prayers not to what I think thou art, but to what thou knowest thyself to be. Our situation is for the moment desperate. Once all his thoughts and images have been flung aside, or if retained, retained with a full recognition of their merely subjective nature, and the man trusts himself to the completely real, external, invisible presence there with him in the room, why, then it is that the incalculable may occur. And it may. God may the real I come before the real thou. Scrutate finishes, In avoiding this situation, this real nakedness of the soul in prayer, you will be helped by the fact that the humans themselves do not desire it as much as they suppose. 
There is such a thing as getting more than they bargained for. And that's the final let go. Let go of fear. Let go of the fear that keeps us from God. So fascinating when God comes to his people in the beginning of their journey together in the book of Exodus. He's on the mountain and it says, When people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain smoke, they trembled with fear. Of course, for anybody in their right mind, encountering the God who is holy and just of all creation is going to evoke fear. They stayed at a distance. How often do I do that? They said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. The Lord has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. So fascinating right here. Don't be afraid. God's come to test so the fear of God will be with you. So like, which is it? Are we supposed to have the fear of God or to not be afraid? And it's kind of like this. Are you supposed to be afraid of water? When there's a swimming pool, a little child, two or three, will initially be fearless, but it's the fear of ignorance. They don't know they can drown. And then a developmental step is they will learn they can drown and then they will be afraid. But then there is an invitation to learn how to swim, to be able to relate to the water in the right way. And then they will know the fearlessness of right relationship. And it's that way with God. So let go of the fear that God might be mean or try to hurt you. I was listening to a talk in the middle of the night this last night where the speaker was saying that what I often try to do is fill my mind with magnificent thoughts of God so that I can live with the one who created all of this. So let's do that now. I'll invite you. Close your eyes if that helps. Kneel if that helps. Raise your arms if that helps. And now these are magnificent thoughts, just in an unhurried way. Allow them to fill our minds. Immortal, invisible. God only wise. In light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes. Most blessed most glorious, the Ancient of Days, Almighty, Victorious, your great name we praise. Unresting, God, you're never tired. Unhasting, God, you're never rushed, never worried. Silent as night, nor striving, nor wasting. God, you never waste a moment, never waste a hurt. Thou rulest with might. Your justice like mountains high soaring above. Your clouds, which are fountains of mercy and love. O God, O great God, maker of all that is, redeemer of all that is, walk with me through this day. Be my friend and my protector and my helper. Your will be done. 
I pray this to you, God. In the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Receive alerts for new episodes by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525 or invite a friend by sharing the link BECOMENEW.com.